Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. We've been doing a series called The Wonder of Christmas. And we've been talking about kind of the Advent topics that, that when we do Advent, uh, love, joy, peace, hope. And so last week we talked about the wonder of God's love. Today we're going to talk about the wonder of God's peace. How many of you guys can use peace? Yeah, right? Especially in the world we live in right now, we need peace. Well, I'm going to show you just a quick video here that kind of explains where we'll be going today. If your church has been around long enough, they've probably got one of these hanging on their wall somewhere. It's a painting of a shepherd and a sheep. Well, lots of sheep. Uh, Beautiful green pastures, still waters. It's quiet, it's peaceful, it's all of that. But have you ever tried to steer a sheep? All right, time for dinner. Come back, no, it's okay. You guys, wait, we're friends. Why do you run? Hey, don't get smart out with me, all right? All right, someone's getting the shears. And if I'm to be honest, sheep, they're dumb. I don't know if you've heard, no, they're just not as smart as other animals. No, they're dumb. Like walk off a cliff just because it's there, dumb. All right, do you want me to take you out to pasture? Because I will take you out to pasture. No, no, come back. Karen, no, Karen, over here, over here. Goodness gracious, they're just stubborn. Skittish, too. Fearful little things. Oh, don't be like that. Do you want me to get the shepherd's hook? Do you want me to get the shepherd's hook? Hey, hey, I'm the one that feeds you. Hey, don't ignore me. I think I get kids ministry now. Fine. I love you. You ever wondered why Jesus called us a sheep? Kind of a bitter pill to swallow, huh? If we were to closely examine our lives, look at all the messes that we make, how fearful we are, how fickle and wayward we can, well, if I can just put it bluntly, how dumb we can be, we are sheep. Yeah, sheep, that's about right. (laughs) But thankfully, God sent us a good shepherd, someone who will be gentle with us when we are far from home, someone who will be firm when he needs to be. Doesn't it say everything that God picked shepherds to send the good news of Jesus' birth and that right there should remind us of his shepherd in ways right off the bat. That first Christmas, it was a sign of peace with God for all eternity. And our shepherd, he paid the price for that peace, the highest price. I don't know about you, but this Christmas, it means so much to me that I have a good shepherd. 
aren't you glad that we have a good shepherd? And so today we're going to talk about the peace that comes from knowing our good shepherd. And if you have your Bibles, Psalm 23, if you have the Uversion Bible app, if you hit that little more tab and hit events, uh, all the notes are there, the verses are there. But, you know, this is a psalm that we read a lot of times at funerals. I actually went to get my Bible and it was already there from a funeral I preached a couple weeks ago. Um, so Psalm 23, but this is a psalm that was written by David. And what was David's job before he became king? He was a shepherd. David was writing this psalm from firsthand experience. David knew what it meant to be a shepherd. But then in the middle of this psalm, you'll notice David switches over and he talks about the Lord being his shepherd. So David knew what it meant to be a shepherd, but he also knew what it meant to be a sheep. <laughs> and I love the, the sheep chewing on the chain in there. kind of makes me feel like myself sometimes, right? And the puppy distracted me. I, he was really cute. But Psalm 23, verse 1, it says this, The Lord is my what? Shepherd. I have all that I need. He, leads, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right past, bringing honor to his name. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, some of your translations will say the valley of the shadows or the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Did you notice that change from he to you? He's talking to the Lord as his personal shepherd. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Man, isn't that an amazing psalm? And this is David talking about how the Lord is our good shepherd. And at Christmas time, remember we said last week when the angels came and announced Jesus' birth, who were the very first people who were told? Shepherds. Shepherds. Not a glorious, glamorous job. Shepherding was something you took if you couldn't get any other job because it was tough because sheep were stupid, right? But he sent the good news to shepherds first because Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd and us as his sheep, right? And so guys, when a, when a sheep knows its shepherd, it has what? Peace, because it knows it's there with them. So today we're going to talk about how we can experience God's peace this Christmas season. So what I pray that today you'd help us to understand and, and hear your word. I pray you would apply it to our hearts and help us to surrender to you as our good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. So how do we experience God's peace this Christmas season? Well, we first experience it through his care. Jesus cares for each and every one of us. He takes good care of us. David said in the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what? All that I need because he takes care of me. And so he's a good shepherd who knows us. And guys, this is amazing because Sheep don't follow someone that they don't know. That's so why you saw he walked in there and the sheep all took off, right? But a shepherd who has a relationship with his sheep can just call them and they'll come. It kind of reminds me, like, if you have a dog, typically the dog will come when you call. Typically, depending on the day, right? But if you try to call somebody else's dog, like, I don't know you. <laughs> I'm not going over there. They don't listen. And so the same thing with sheep. When they know their shepherd, they'll listen. And listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 10. 
Starting verse 1, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, which is the gate that, or the fence that sheep live in, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep, what? Recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And he has gathered his own flock. He walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They'll run from him because they don't know his voice. But those who heard Jesus uses this illustration, didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They'll come and go freely and will find good pastors. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd of us. And he says he's a good shepherd because he knows us and he cares for us. But did you know that the good shepherd, Jesus, knows you? He says he calls him by name. That means he knows everything about us. He knows our fears. He knows our uncertainties. He knows our challenges. And I know when I was younger, when I gave my life to Christ, I was really nervous because I had this huge plan for my life. You know, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew where I wanted to go to college. I knew who I wanted to marry. I all these things. And I thought, if I go to Jesus, he's going to mess all that up, right? He's going he's to blow my plans. And he did. But his plans are way, way better, right? Because he knows me. He knows how he created me. And he knows you. And he knows how he created you. And I know sometimes we have this struggle because he said, I don't really want to surrender because I'm afraid God will mess up my plans. Yeah, he probably will. But it's going to be what? Better. Because his plans are ready. Because he knows us. And he cares for us. He knows us. And he said the, the sheep follow the shepherd because they know his voice. And when we get to know him, we realize that he looks out for our good even when we don't look out for our own good. Right? Like those sheep chewing on the chains and running from the shepherd, you know, and all those things. We do the same things. I spent years running from God. Some of you probably did too. Because I wanted to do things my own way, so he knows them. And as I was researching this, I read one author. He said that if sheep hadn't been domesticated, they would be extinct. Because they're too stupid to be alive on their own. He said they'll walk off cliffs. They'll walk right up to a lion. Well, hey, look at you, you know, or a wolf. And so he said they need a shepherd. They can't take care of themselves. And guys, so many of us, before we found Jesus, were headed to destruction, weren't we? So many of us have self-destructive tendencies we do things even though we know they're not good for us. And we all see that. If someone hands you a plate of broccoli or a plate of chocolate, hmm, this is good for me. This tastes way better, right? But unless you steam it, and then broccoli's really good steamed. But I know, some of you will argue, but you just haven't had it done right. But we went somewhere the other day, and I, I'm not a big asparagus. Was it Brussels sprouts? Yeah, I'm not a big Brussels sprout person, but I went to this restaurant, and they made Brussels sprouts. It actually tastes good. And then I found out why. I looked at the recipe. It was like six cups of butter and all these things in it. But it, was, it didn't taste like Brussels sprouts. It tastes like butter. But he takes care of us because he knows us and he loves us. And he takes care of us even when we don't take care of ourselves. So he he's, shows that he's a good shepherd because he cares for us. But then he shows he's a good shepherd because he's near to us. 
Do you know what a sheep, uh, why sheep had peace when the shepherd was around? Because they knew they were taking care of them. And they knew they were with them. Because you know what a shepherd's job was when the sheep were out in the field? He lived with them. The shepherd slept where the sheep slept. He guided them and walked. And then when they came back and they could go in the fold, then the shepherd could take a break. But when they were out in the fields, the shepherd stayed with the sheep. They lived with them. That's why I said that on the night when Jesus was born, there were shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks. When? At night. They stayed with them. Night and day, they watched over their sheep. They cared for them. And Jesus says he is the good shepherd who is with us. Do you know sheep won't even lay down if there's running water around them? That's why the psalm says, you leave me beside what? Still waters. Because sheep, they're so skittish, they won't even lay down next to a running stream if it's loud. So the shepherd would find calm pastures and good water and still water for the sheep. And Jesus cares for us enough that he's with us and he gives us places of rest. That's why in Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. Jesus cares for us, and he's with us. He's with you, and he will give you rest. That's what Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And so I know some of us, man, we worry about so much stuff, don't we? We worry about the future. We worry about our past. We worry about how we're going to take care of these things. And Jesus says, I will give you rest because he's a good shepherd. He cares for us. And then he's a good shepherd who guides us. He guides us. Guys, it is so freeing to know that I don't have to have all the answers. <laughs> it is so freeing that I don't have to know exactly how my life is going to play out because I can trust in my good shepherd. And when a shepherd came in and got his sheep, they didn't know where they were going. All they had to do was know how to follow the shepherd and walk and try not to trip. That's a challenge for some of us still, right? But all we have to do is follow the shepherd because he knew where he was going. He knew where he was taking them. And guys, when we have a relationship with Jesus, he wants to be our good shepherd, and he'll show us how to get where we're supposed to go. And even the disciples said, well, you know, Jesus said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And they said, what? Oh, I don't know how to get there. <laughs> he said, don't worry about it. I got it. Trust in the shepherd. He said, the Lord leads us to still waters, to green meadows. And guys, I don't know how everything's going to work out. I don't know how things are going to happen, but Jesus does, and he's the shepherd. All I have to do is trust and follow. All you have to do is trust and follow. And that's why we celebrate Christmas, because Jesus came to us. Back in Isaiah, he prophesied and said that he called the Lord what? Emmanuel, which means God with us. It didn't mean us going to him. It meant God with us. God who came to us. And I've read this before, but how many of you guys remember the, the guy on the radio, Paul Harvey? You guys remember him? I remember when I was a kid, the bus driver had the radio on every afternoon when we were coming home from school, and Paul Harvey was always on. It was always that soothing voice, right? And now the rest, I can't do it, but he'd say the rest of the story. Well, Paul Harvey was a Christian. I don't know if you all knew this. He was a very evangelical Christian who loved Jesus, and he told this incredible story at Christmas time. And I was going to play it for you, but I think we'd all fall asleep because his voice is so soothing. So I'll read it. I won't do it justice. He tells a story about it. And so I'm just going to read it verbatim. It says, the man I'm going to tell you about was not a Scrooge. He was a kind, decent, mostly good man. 
He was generous to his family and upright in his dealings with other men, but he just didn't believe in all that incarnation stuff, which means God coming to earth as a man. All that incarnation stuff that all the churches proclaim at Christmas time, it just didn't make sense, and he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. He told his wife, I'm really sorry to stress you, but I'm not going to church with you this Christmas Eve. He said he would feel like a hypocrite, and they would much rather just stay home. But he'd wait up for them. So they stayed home, and they went to the midnight service. Shortly after the family drove away in a car, snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier, and he went back to his fireside chair and began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, and then another, and then another. At first, he thought someone was throwing snowballs against the living room window, but he went to the front door to investigate. He found a flock of birds huddled outside miserably in the snow. They'd been caught in the storm, and in a desperate search for shelter, they tried to fly through his large landscape window. That's what had been making the sound. Well, he couldn't just let the poor creatures lie out there and freeze. So remember the barn where his children stabled their pony. That would provide a warm shelter. All he had to do was direct the birds into the shelter. So quickly he put on a coat and galoshes, and he tramped through the deepening snow to the barn. He opened the doors wide and turned on the lights so the birds would know the way in. But the birds didn't come in. So I figured he would entice them with food. So he hurried back to the house and got some breadcrumbs. He sprinkled them on the snow, making a trail of breadcrumbs to the yellow, lighted, wide-open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the crumbs. He tried catching them, but he couldn't. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking and waving his arms, but instead they scattered in every direction except into the lighted barn. And that's when he realized they were afraid of him. To them, he reasoned, I'm a strange and terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know they can trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? Any movie made tended to frighten them and confuse them. They just wouldn't follow. They wouldn't be led. They wouldn't be shooed in because they were afraid of them. He thought to himself, if only I could become a bird. I could mingle with them. I could speak their language. Then I could tell them not to be afraid. I could show them the way to the safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them so they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, church bells began to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind. He stood there listening to the bells play, O come, all you faithful, listening to the glad tidings of Christmas. And then he understood. And guys, that's exactly what Jesus did for us, wasn't it? He became man so he could show us the way. That he could show us that he was the good shepherd who came to care for us to take care of us, to show the way to the Father, to offer forgiveness, to guide us when we wouldn't go on our own. So he was a good shepherd who brings peace through his presence, but then he's a good shepherd who brings peace through his provision. He's a shepherd who cares for our needs. And I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but my daughter made some little teenage notes. And so if you are a teenager or if you're an adult with a short attention span, there are some notes out there with little puzzles and things for the notes. It's, she did it for one of her classes, and some of the kids liked them. So they'll be out there every week now. So he provides for our needs. The good shepherd guided his sheep to water and to good grass because he cares for them. And I love that um, in Psalm 23, 2, it says, He leads me, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And one of the commentators I read said that this picture of sheep laying down is not just sheep who are tired, but it's sheep who have all of their needs met. It said unless the sheep has everything they need, they're not going to rest because they're just anxious creatures. But he said that when you see a sheep lying down in a meadow like that, it's someone who's got all their needs met. And that's the picture that David paints of the Lord. He's one who, 
takes care of all of our needs. Not necessarily everything we want, but everything that we need. And so he cares for us and he cares for you so much that he provides those things. And he says that if we will put his kingdom first, everything else will be put together, right? He says that in Matthew 6, he says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So that means if we put his needs above our own, if we follow him and do what he says, he's going to provide for what we need because he's a shepherd who provides for us. He provides for our needs. And he provides for our safety. The good shepherd provided protection for the sheep. And you know that hook, and you can see that if you can see the front here. You see this picture of Joseph with his little hook there? That's what shepherds used. They used the shepherd's hook. It was a stick that had a flat end, but also had a hook on the other end. And the hook was used to guide the sheep. You could, you know, some of you are thinking, I could use that on my kids. You know, you can kind of guide them with that hook. Or you can use the hook to rescue them if they get somewhere they're not supposed to be. You know, you can move them with that hook. But the other end of that stick could be used for what? Self-defense or to defend the sheep. If you remember David, when he went to his brothers at the battlefield and he was going to fight Goliath, and they said, oh, you can't fight Goliath, you're just a kid. And remember David said, I have fought off bears, I have fought off tigers that wanted to get or lions that wanted to get hold of my sheep. I can handle this big Philistine. Because a shepherd had to fight off animals that wanted to eat the sheep. And you know what sheep do when it comes? Well, look at that. Well, he wants to be my friend. <laughs> no, he wants to eat you. Right? And so the shepherd had to take care of the sheep. They would scatter, but they couldn't defend themselves. And that's what Jesus does for us. He provides our safety. And guys, so many times we're so afraid, right? We're so afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow. We're so afraid of the unknown. We're afraid of what's going to happen. And we can trust our shepherd to take care of us, to provide for our safety. And that's what a good shepherd does. And he provides for our fears. It says here that even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. And so this darkest valley that David talked about, you know, between, between mountains, what often hides in the darkness? Scary things, right? Things that we don't know. And sheep would not go down a dark pathway unless their what? Shepherd was there because they knew what hid in the darkness. And David said that the Lord is that shepherd who walks through the darkness with us. Now, notice, it doesn't say he takes me around the darkest valley. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid because you are with me. And guys, I'm not going to say that in life you're never going to walk through a dark valley. Because that wouldn't be true. We're going to walk through dark places. We're going to have hard times in life. But the great thing is our shepherd is there with us. And we even saw this in the life of Jesus. Remember the disciples were in a boat and a big storm came? Where was Jesus? In the boat with them, sleeping because he wasn't worried about it. He went with them. Even though he knew a storm was coming, he stayed with them in the boat. And guys, in your life, you're going to have moments that are going to be scary. You're going to have moments where you don't know what's going to happen. You're going to have moments where you don't know how you're going to get through, but the shepherd is going to be with you. He's going to walk through it with you. And I wish, man, there are times I just like, Lord, could you just take me around this thing? You know, could you take me out of this thing? But you know, when we grow, we go through hard places. So when a shepherd took sheep through a dark valley, the sheep trusted him more on the other side, didn't they? And when our shepherd takes us through dark valleys, we come out on the other side stronger. 
We come out on the other side more trusting. And so he will walk with us. He is God with us, Emmanuel. And so Jesus came at Christmas time to be our shepherd, to show us the way to walk with us. And he showed us through his life that he would walk with us. But now he lives with us through the Holy Spirit, always with us. He said, I'm with you even to the end of the age, even to the ends of time. And so some of you may be here today and you may be saying, you know, I'm in that valley right now. I'm in that dark time. I'm in that difficult time. Or maybe you've just come out of one. And you can say, hey, I've been in that dark place. I'll let you know your shepherd is with you in that darkness. He doesn't say, all right, go through there. I'll meet you on the other side. <laughs> he walks with us. So he provides for those fears. So we don't have to be afraid because he is with us. And then last, he's a good shepherd who brings peace through his promises. And I love this one. He promises to bring peace in the midst of conflict. Listen to what David said. You prepare a feast for me. Where? In the presence of my enemies. Who wrote this psalm? David. Did David have enemies? <laughs> he had countries of enemies as a king. And if you remember, when David was a young shepherd boy and he defeated Goliath, he went and started working for Saul the king. That was a great thing, right? Yay, I'm working in the palace. No, because he was anointed to be the next king instead of the king's son. And so Saul got crazy. I mean, crazy with a capital C and a capital R-A-Z-Y. He was nuts. He lost his mind at times. And he tried to pin David to walls with spears. He hunted him down like a dog in the desert. I mean, he hunted him. And through the whole thing, David still trusted because even though David had opportunities to kill Saul, he could have taken him out, he didn't because he trusted the shepherd. And so I think all that was probably in mind when David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Even in the midst of conflict, you're still with me. You still provide for me. And guys, in this life, you're going to have conflict. Not just with spiritual things. But you're going to have conflict with people. There are going to be people who just don't like you. I know it's hard to swallow. Everyone should like me. Well, they won't. There are people who aren't going to like you because you're a Christian. They're not going to like what you stand for. They're not going to like that you won't approve what they want to do. I've had a lady call me at the church and say, hey, I want to have an affair. Is that okay? I said, no. And she said, well, will you pray about it? I said, I don't need to pray about it. I can tell you right now, no, I can show you in here. And she hung up on me. She didn't want to talk to me anymore. They're not going to like you because of things that you tell them. They're not going to like you because of things that you stand for. But when conflict comes and when trouble comes, guess who they're going to come to? You. Because they know you have God's peace with you. Because you have a good shepherd. And so in this life, when we have conflict and we have things that, that we go through, even God, some of your family's not going to like you. When you start having a relationship with Christ and you start changing, they're not all going to like that. But he said, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. That shepherd will be with us and provide for us and take care of us in those times when we have conflict. And so he will never be without our shepherd. And so even though, and Jesus even said, in this world you will have trouble. In this world, you will have hardship. But he said, take heart because I've overcome the world. And so we have those promises that we have a shepherd who will be with us even in the times of conflict. And he says that goodness will follow us throughout our lives. 
I love this line in verse, let's see, in verse 6. Surely goodness, your goodness, and unfailing love will what? Pursue me. Some translations say follow me. And actually, I, when I was researching this, they said that probably better translation is pursue or chase. Because it's said God's blessings chase us throughout our lives. And again, that doesn't mean it's all going to be sunshine and roses and flowers and unicorns and, you know, puffy cotton and all that stuff. Because life is going to happen. Hardships are going to come. But in the midst of all the hardships, God's goodness pursues us, follows us. You can't outrun God's goodness. He chases us with those. And so in the great times, man, life is good. God's presence is with us. In the hard times, life is still good because God is still with us. And his unfailing love will be with us. And the shepherds see that, right? The shepherd sees when his sheep, they go through thunderstorms, they go through rain, they go through snow, they go through all those things. But in all those things, the shepherd is still there. And what's he doing for the sheep? He's watching out for their well-being. See, even when the sheep can't see it, when they're walking through a thunderstorm, they're thinking, man, this is loud and it's wet and there's mud and I don't like this. The shepherd was still doing what? Taking care of them. He was still looking out for their best interests. And so, guys, even when our self-destructive tendencies want to come out, he's still looking after us and caring for us if we will follow. And that's the thing. We have to follow the shepherd for his goodness to follow us. And so many times, guys, I, I've walked with so many people, they'll give their hearts to Jesus and they'll start following like, man, life is great. Yeah, God's goodness is following me. Yeah, and then they go off the path. And they'll come back and say, why is God's goodness not following me? You said it would. <laughs> I said it would if you follow the shepherd. But when you get off on your own, sometimes those things don't always chase us then, right? Because we're not following the shepherd. We have to follow him. We have to trust him. And he promises forever through relationship. I love this last line. He says, I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Now, David was writing this. He didn't know about Jesus yet. And so he's saying, I'm going to live in God's presence forever because I'm living at his, I'm going to stay in his temple. I'm going to stay in a relationship. We know now that the good shepherd Jesus said, I gave my life for the sheep so that we can have a relationship with him forever in heaven. When we have a relationship with him. And so we have this promise, guys. So, you know, all the time when we're going through this life and we're thinking, man, I'm so tired of this world. I'm tired of these things. We have forever to look forward to. We have forever to look forward to. And that's why when we do a funeral for a Christian, we'll read this, right? Because we know that they're experiencing that forever now because they died with Jesus. They're experiencing that. You know, when we do these funerals, a lot of times we'll say, hey, that person's more alive than any of us here are. <laughs> They're not dealing with arthritis. They're not dealing with football injuries. <laughs> They're not dealing with all these things. They're more alive than we are because of this promise of being God's house forever. So how do we experience God's blessings? How do we experience God's nearness as the good shepherd? Well, we have to allow him to what? Lead. We have to follow the shepherd. We have to allow him to lead us. And that is easy sometimes. You say, God, I don't know which way to go. I'm going to let you take direction. But then sometimes we start feeling pretty good about ourselves, don't we? Hey, I kind of got this figured out. I'm going to go off on my own. Oops. We had to follow the shepherd. And so we have to make those decisions say, Lord, I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going to follow you. 
I'm going to let you be my shepherd. So I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come up this morning. And if you're physically able, would you stand? Lord, I just thank you so much for being our shepherd. I thank you so much. You came to this earth and were born in a manger and you were announced to shepherds because that's what you are. You're our good shepherd. And so Lord, I just pray for all of us that are here today. Lord, would you speak to our hearts today? Lord, would you help us to follow you and let you be our shepherd? And Lord, I know there are some here today who are going through hardships. They're going through that darkest valley and they need their shepherd with them. Lord, there are some here who are in green pastures. Things are great. Lord, would you help them to, to let you be their shepherd? So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes this morning here. All of you watching at home, if you would just take a moment, close your eyes. And just allow the Lord to speak to you today. Because he wants to be your shepherd. And there's some of you here who have been following the good shepherd for generations. Some of you here are just now starting to follow him. But he wants to be your shepherd. He wants to walk with you through the good times and through the hard times. But we must allow him to lead. So if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor Rex, I've never asked Jesus to be my shepherd. I've never asked him to, to be my savior, to forgive my sins. I've never started that relationship with him. But I want to do that today. Or maybe I did a long time ago as a kid, and I've, I've kind of walked off the path. I haven't been following my shepherd, but I want him to be my savior. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? We want to pray with you this morning. Some of you are here today and you say, you know, I just need Jesus <laughs> to be my shepherd. I need to surrender. I've been trying to do things on my own. I've been trying to find my own way, and it's just hard. And I just need a shepherd. Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you this morning. Yeah. If you're here today and say, you know, I just really need that peace. I'm following him. I love him. But, man, there's just a lot of stuff going on. I just, I just want to ask God to give me peace. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Yeah. So, Lord, I just pray for all those that raise their hands today, Lord, for those who said, I just really need to surrender and follow the shepherd. I've been trying to do things my own way. I've been fighting him. God, would you help them as they lay their lives down and, and just commit to surrender? Lord, would you help them today? Lord, for those who need peace, who just allowed a lot of stuff to come in, or maybe they're just getting hit from all directions from things, Lord, would you give them peace? I know it's so easy to let those things worry us and weigh us down because that's the natural thing to do. But Lord, would you give them peace in their hearts and minds? As, as Paul says, as we lay them down and we pray about them, Lord, would you surround their hearts and minds with the peace of God that passes all understanding? Lord, would you help all of us just to commit ourselves to follow our good shepherd, not just at Christmas, but all year? In Jesus' name.